Hello and welcome to the Own Your Role podcast. I'm your host, Dean Watt, and I'm your guide to exceptional leadership and dynamic culture in your business. Join me each week as we explore practical tips through fun and fascinating interviews with successful business owners who've mastered the art of leadership. Over the last 20 years as a keynote speaker, author, and high-performing team transformation specialist, I've been fascinated by what it takes to create a great culture and dedicated team members in a business. When leaders truly own their roles and empower their team members to do the same, a great culture is always the result. So whether you're on your couch or in your car, on a treadmill or hiking up a hill, get ready to be inspired and entertained as you learn exactly how to own your role. And welcome everybody to the Own Your Role podcast again. Well, first of all, by when when we are recording this, it's Happy New Year to you. So if you're listening to this show immediately, then you know it's a Happy New Year. And just wanted to wish everybody a great 2024. Some people are glad 2023 is behind them. I had a great 2023, so I enjoyed it, but that's gone now and we're not going to get it back. So we're back into, we're now into 2024 and excited to share some more podcasts with you with all of these unique entrepreneurs that have been been lucky enough to be able to find and they found me and I hope you've really been enjoying the show and from the feedback we've been getting you have been and I really appreciate that I really appreciate all of those that have shared this podcast with their colleagues and their friends and wherever you're listening to this whether it be on the treadmill or in your car or on your drive home thank you for being a part of the on your roll podcast and the movement that we're trying to do here as always, please subscribe and like the YouTube videos and, or make sure that you're subscribed on your podcast channel so that you get alerted when a new episode comes out. And so far, we've been putting a new episode out just about every week. So thank you so much again for doing that. Our guest today is going to be talking to us about something I think so many people struggle with and challenge with, no matter where you are in your business, which is the idea of money. And we all have our money blueprints and our own money belief systems. And I'm super excited to have Suhei here to talk about this. And Suhei's team reached out to me and said, hey, I think that we'd be a good collaboration for your podcast. And when I read her bio and read what she's all about, I absolutely agreed. So excited to have her here. As always, remember everybody, when you hear things that you like, please feel free to reach out to our guest and support them and what they're doing as well, because they are in a place of service for you. That being said, let's get the show started. Suhey Pedra, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here and share a little bit of my journey, of course. Yeah, well, you know, I always say that that is where we, I feel like we all are connected is in our stories because we all have uh, we have our own stories and that's where we always start with the show. So could you start with just telling us a little bit about your background and your story and how you got to be where you are right now? Yes, of course. So, you know, I'm an enrolled agent and what that is is a federally licensed tax preparer. So I do taxes across the United States. What's made me unique and different is, you know, obviously my my background, my upbringing, you know, first generation, my parents are immigrants. And um, I found that as being the oldest, I was in charge of always explaining things to them, translating things to them. And one of the things that um, happened when I was very, very young, I must have been like 13, 14 years old, was back then you had to file your taxes via paper. And they took out their documents to sign and send, and they accidentally mixed the envelopes and didn't know how to put them back together. And uh, so what do they do? 
here, explain this to me. Where does what will go? And I'm like, well, this is foreign. I have no idea what this is. But my dad always thought that just because I learned how to speak English or I was going to school that I should just know all this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so at a very early age, I had to learn um, a lot of things that kids my age wouldn't even bother to look at. Right. But I had to. There was no choice. So we had a neighbor and he was a, um, a retired older gentleman. He was a white man. He loved telling me stories about our neighborhood and things like that. Right. And so uh, I went to him and I said, you know, Mr. Tracy, please help me put this back together. And so he looks at it and he goes, I don't know how to put this back together. And I'm like, well, you're white. You know, (laughs) in my mind, that's what I believed. I believed that he spoke English. He was from this country that he should know. Wow. He didn't. And right then and there, I realized that it didn't matter where you're from, you know, what kind of money you make, what kind of languages you speak, taxes are just difficult to understand, period. And so at a very young age, I made it my mission to understand them, not thinking that I was going to make a career out of it, but more of really um, figuring things out. I found it intriguing. I found it interesting. And so my dad would take me to the post office to pick up the booklets because back then it was by paper and I would read them, follow the numbers from here to there, you know, do all this uh, crazy uh, following forms and instructions. I found it intriguing. So maybe I was around 21 or so when I first got licensed and I did it as a side hustle. I did it because I saw a commercial with H&R Block and I was like, you know what? I can make some money off of this. I've been doing this for years, helping my parents out with it, uh, doing their taxes, doing my own taxes. Let me see what I could do. Well, the message spread really quick that I was doing taxes. And before you know it, I was doing my aunts, my uncles, my grandmas, my grandpas, you know, everybody in the neighborhood wanted me to just wow. kind of do taxes. And it was a side hustle, but the side hustle grew. And uh, in the meantime, I'm working for a CPA firm, learning from the bottom up how to, uh, you know, just work in a CPA firm. And fast forward, what, 15 years or so of working in different CPA firms, learning the industry, finally getting my degree in accounting and all of that, um, I realized that, you know, financial finance is just the topic that everyone dreads talking about. Yeah. Um, and again, it doesn't matter how much money you make. We think that because maybe we're living paycheck to paycheck, maybe, you know, somebody that makes a lot of money doesn't have those issues. It's not true. I'm here to tell you that I've sat behind this desk for over 20 years and have dealt with people of all shapes and forms. And money is just a difficult topic. And can I ask, can, can, I ask, can I ask you, I started to interrupt you, but I really oh. think that it's fascinating. Why do you think that is? Because it is such a... People would rather talk about their sex life than than money. Yes. I, I, what What is that about? Why is that, do you think? I think it's our society in general. This stuff is not taught in our school system, right? So, in fact, it's the other way around. Um, it's taught that we're not allowed to talk about really how much we make. You know, mm-hmm. when you talk to somebody, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well, I make good money. But what does that mean? Right. Um, you know, oh, yeah, I just, you know, make seven figures. Well, what does that mean? You know, right. and so we we don't really disclose things. And it's uh, I think it's our society, you know, and I think it's time to break that. This is why we, in my opinion, why we have kept, um, you know, 
this, you know, money being so difficult to talk about has also kept us in this rat race of trying to just, you know, work and make more, work and make more. But it's not about how much you make. It's about what you do with your money that matters. Yeah, it's so true. I, I, I absolutely agree. It's this weird like I said, taboo, it's this, and I grew up that way. I mean, I grew up with different money mindsets. I joke often and it's true, but I use it as a, as a joke where my mom, you know, would say if there was a rich person in our town or someone she perceived to be rich, oh, they're, you know, they have buku money. They're probably crooks, you know, and all these different mindset things. And, you know, even in your own family, even yeah. within your own family, you don't, uh, we didn't talk about money. I don't know how much my parents made. I yeah. knew we were super poor <laughs> at yeah. a certain point. And that's when I grew up and realized we were so poor. But uh, my kids, my kids assume the amount of money that I make all the time. Yeah. And, and they don't know. And it's just this really interesting thing. I feel like there's this sense of, you know, measurement of your character, measurement of your intelligence, measurement of your abilities and value based upon money. And you're right. I think it's funny that your parents thought, you know, you're going to school. So therefore you should know tax, right? There's no tax prep class in really junior isn't. high or high school. <laughs> yeah, there really isn't. And I think that um, breaking the cycle. The reason I love doing these podcasts and these interviews is really to put it out there is spread the message that, you know, our industry is broken, right? Taxes, mm -hmm. our tax industry is based on volume. And so everyone has to do their taxes, mm -hmm. but every preparer has a line waiting out their door because there, it's volume, right? Mm -hmm. In order for us to, the typical tax preparer to make a good living is we, the more we got to do more taxes. So the more we pump in, the more pump out is how we make our living is how we make money. Right. Um, but these people come in and they leave just as they came in not knowing how much they really made, not knowing how much Uncle Sam really took for them, not knowing where did all their money go? And is there something that they can do to make a difference for the next year? And they're, trust, they're trusting some stranger, right? And like you mentioned, the H&R Block stuff, right? When you have somebody, especially I think what the majority of the population does, where you just hand over your stuff to someone else, who really, other than the fact that you're paying them, has no real dog in the fight, right? Has has no, there there's nothing that they're getting out of it other than being paid to make sure they're they're doing everything right by you. So you are paying the right tax, but the least amount of tax you possibly can, and you really are trusting a stranger, right? It, you really are, and that's where it comes to we need to take the time to interview that person a little bit more, figure out this individual is supposed to be part of your financial team, right? Mm -hmm. We're all supposed to have a financial advisor, an attorney, a tax person, an account that we go to. And when we don't spend the time really finding those individuals, then we're left with whatever's out there, right? And yep. so, and so if you really take the time to find somebody that does care about you and your finances, then this person is going to take the time to review that return with you and say, hey, did you know that if you just make this one tweak, it's going to make a difference in the long run. It's going to make a difference in your in the way that, you know, Uncle Sam taxes you or whatever it may be. And but again, because we're so volume based, 
a lot of these preparers don't have that time. So you need to find yourself what's called a tax planner, somebody that's going to actually spend 30 minutes to an hour with you reviewing your tax return and coming up with the game plan on how to make a difference for the following year. What can you change that'll make a difference for the next year? Because if without any advice or any change, you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over, and you find yourself in that rat race and that wheel that nothing changes. Why does nothing change? You make more money, you make, you get a raise, you get a second job, you get a side hustle, but at the end, Uncle Sam's taking more from your pocket because nothing has changed. You know, you're one of the first, uh, the, you're the second person I've heard talk about, you know, a planner. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who talks about most, most CPAs are tax historians. Correct. Right. Where they'll like, okay, cool. Well, let me tell you what you did this last year and what you owe, as opposed to doing what you said of saying, all right, let me be, let me be a fortune teller. Let me put it out there and say, well, now that we know this, here's our base, let's change things up. So you don't have to do this again next year. Right. And um, it is a different language. You mentioned earlier, you know, and it's so true. It's a language none of us learn uh, unless you're a tax professional. It's changing all the time and it just feels so overwhelming when you, so you deal with who's, who's primarily the, cause you're more of a planner type. Correct. Right. So who do you typically deal with the most when it comes to your average client? So where we typically, when we do planning, where we typically see a difference is going to be with, you know, your small business owners, they need a lot more guidance, right? But the W-2 earners have so much potential, but it's breaking so many, so many barriers with the W-2 individuals because our system's made for the W-2 individuals to pay all the tax. Yeah. So when we when I'm sitting in front of somebody who's a high earning W-2 individual, my tax strategies go, they shrink, right? I have like five pages versus when I have a self-employed individual, I have 50 pages or whatever, you know, I mean, the tax code is humongous. There's so many things. So many things. So it's about finding what's right, what's going to fit you, your values, your goals and stuff like that, you know, but it doesn't mean we can't make a difference, right? We can make a difference with anybody that wants to make wants to make that change um i always share i have a client when i first started to really see that there was a that there was something wrong you know with our system was right around the 2008 2009 crash where um we saw people that were making a lot of money and i when i say a lot of money i had a couple making half a million dollars one professional married another professional mm-hmm. making um, you know, half a million dollar household. And yet they were losing their house. Their cars were getting repoed. Wow. Credit was going to crap. And back then you got to remember that when your credit was bad, you couldn't rent, right? Because yeah. rent was still based on credit. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff was like devastating and couples would sit in front of me with shame, tears, and be like, I can't even rent a house because my my credit cards have been. Um, so let's say you had a credit card with you know a twenty thousand dollar limit because you were late on other things or your house was being foreclosed. All of a sudden, they would shut those credit cards, and now whatever little debt you had on them was already over the budget, right, or over the limit, right? Because they were shrinking your credit limit. So it was like one devastating thing after another, and these people were making a lot of money. So. You know, I was just like, how can this be? And then here comes my client making $70,000 for the year, a custodian at a public school. And he's out there buying 
houses that are being foreclosed on. Wow. And I'm like, wait a minute. How is it that you make $70,000 a year, but you're out there buying the properties that my other clients are losing that make a lot more money than you? That's when a slap in the face, not just for, I mean, it was for me basically to see that it wasn't about how much you make, but what you do with your money that matters. This man kept his life at his $70,000 earning and never lived beyond his means, but started to generate um, rental properties, rental income, passive income, and his passive income was tax-free. And so I was like, what, what am I missing here? So I became this financial analyst and started studying this man and what he did and how he made his money moves. And then I just started to spread the word to other people that make more money, had more money and can do what he's doing so easily. It's just no one ever told them how Yeah, or that this was even possible. Yeah. So true. So if you were to look at your breadth of that uh, time period from when you notice, wow, there's a problem here to what you do now. And like, like we both said, things are changing all the time. Brand new, you know, laws went into effect when it comes to business ownership just two days ago, right? About uh, defiling and things like that. What would you say for your average client, who I know you deal with a lot of service-based companies, companies who are really trying to make a difference in the world, their service-based ownerships uh, of business owners. If you were to say like, I don't know, I'll say five, what are the top five biggest kind of challenges or mistakes or unawareness that people have when it comes to their finances and especially around taxes. Right. Well, taxes are literally black and white, right? Um, What I mean by that is when you take the time to really review those numbers, you could really see how much you made, which tons of people get surprised because they don't realize how much money they made. And then the other number is how much money Uncle Sam really took from you. Mm. People figure that because they get a refund, that they're that, you know, they beat Uncle Sam. Right. Yeah, you beat Uncle Sam. You got a refund because you overfunded. You because you paid Uncle Sam. Paid too much, right? But they don't know, but no one really looks at the line item that shows mm. how much Uncle Sam took from your pocket. So the, just starting off there is fuel to to begin to encourage yourself to make a difference, to start changing the way you look at your finances. Mm-hmm. And um, the second thing is the what you can do, what my W-2 employees have. Yes, I just mentioned that the system's made for them to pay major taxes, but what they have is something called purchasing power. Um, when it comes to like mortgage lending, which I promote a lot of real estate um, or going after you know a franchise or acquisitions of, of businesses, their income is so easy to prove because it's on a W-2 form. So they have something called purchasing power. Yeah, they're paying major taxes, but if they learn how to utilize that purchasing power, they would hurt, They would get out of this rat race so much quicker than my self-employed small business owners would. It's you just know, no one talks about it. It's so true. I'm just going to interrupt you there. I remember I was making pretty good money for the first couple of years in my business, probably about a good six figures. And yet I was taught to do whatever you can to write off as much as you possibly can. So we were basically building everything through our business, spending it through our business. Yay, we're making money. We've got a nice house and car. My kids are going to school, all that stuff. And then I went to go buy a house 
I actually think it was only a car. And they were like, we can't approve you because you don't make any money. I was like, no, 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 Let me show you. I make all this money. I said, yeah, you make over six figures. Great. But you write almost all of it off because you can and you do everything right. But because you don't have a W-2, because you don't have something we can prove, we can't give you any money. And the lady, I remember her saying to me, I've had millionaires come in here. Yep. People making millions of dollars and can't get approved for a car loan. That's true. And that was my wake up call. I was like, wait a minute. And right then I was like, okay, how do I get myself a W-2 out of my own business so I can start proving that? And that's been such a godsend. And you're right. It is that purchasing power of going like, I'm not worried about, I've actually just had this conversation with my daughter who's an influencer and making great money about you need to run that through a business and pay yourself through the business as an actual employee. Yes. And so that's what a planner does, right? Uh, The tax planner is going to be your forward thinking, proactive. I'm already dealing with clients about 2024. 2023 is gone. I can't, Mm -hmm. there's so little I can do to help you. Right. 2023, other than prepare a return and say, this is what you did. Right. It's time to start thinking about 2024. What are your goals? What are you trying to do? Where's your business going? You know, what's the trajectory you're taking and what strategies can we implement today to make that difference? And so when we have small business owners and we talk about purchasing power and we talk about what are the goals, lining up those financials in that business to fit that. Um, like you mentioned, I can make an, uh, you know, an amazing tax return. The client leaves super happy because they owe little or zero taxes, but they cross the street to the bank. And the bank says, no, you don't qualify for anything. And so I left you even in a worse position. Yes. Or or, if there's a a better word, poorer, right? Because you can't advance. You cannot grow your assets because you are showing that you're poor on this tax return. So you're learning how to utilize the tax return, such a valuable tool yet we don't understand how to read it. So it's interesting to say because you so I, I have a friend, Garrett Gunderson, who does financial insurance and stuff like that. And he used to say, um, when people talk about passive income, mm-hmm. and he's like, can you like think about that? In what area of your life is it okay to be passive and be successful? Mm-hmm. You're going to be passive in your marriage? You're not going to be successful if you're passive in your marriage. <laughs> you're gonna be passive in your health? You're not going to be successful in your passive healthness. Mm-hmm. So why are we all focused on this passive income idea? And what I see you talking about is the intentional income, the intentional planning, the intentional focus. That's a huge difference that not a lot of people talk about. It, and um, and that's the mission behind all of this, right? If anybody is listening out there, it's, it's specifically that, is that we have to change all of this with intention, right? What is our intention? What We want all this to work in our favor, not Uncle Sam's favor. Yes. I'm not promoting not paying taxes. That's no. not what I'm promoting. What I'm promoting is let's pay our fair share. Yeah. We're in a country that's built off of taxes. So I love taxes in that sense, right? I mean, think about it, right? It funds a lot. But if I'm going to overfund it, I want my money to be used wisely and that's where i have uh, like i think i could do better if i build a a, if i build this huge wealth portfolio where i create generational wealth for my kids and and, you know grandkids and all that then i'm creating more money for this economy than anyone else right and so that's what i want to do is i want to teach my kids and 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 breaking that cycle like you said who when do we ever talk to our kids about uh, taxes and money and stuff but if we start and leave them with the portfolio that they know what our 
our mission was and how to to run that portfolio, um, it makes a huge difference. And we put more money in this in economy than anything else, right? But it has to be done with intention, wisely. I only want to pay my fair share, not any more than I have to. And it can all really be done with proper planning. That's all yeah. it is, is really good planning and a team behind you to put all that together. Would you say that that, so, cause we have awareness, we have realized that you have like that purchasing power. Would you say that even like even a number three or one of the five would be about this proper planning idea that you're not, like people don't plan, they just, they let life happen and well, deal with it when it happens instead of. Yes, because that's what our society has led us to believe taxes is, right? Yes. Right now we're entering the new year. Everyone's talking about taxes and all they want to do is prepare them, get them done and not have to think about them again until the January of the following year. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, that is a huge mistake. Yes, you want to wrap up 2023, but find out where you can improve so you can make those changes throughout the year in 2024. I meet with my clients on a quarterly basis throughout the year. All we're doing is planning 2024. Mm. And, you know, what, what did we do the last three months? Make a tweak next three months and so on. And so, but it's very proactive planning, very proactive, making sure that we're going to be able to buy those things that we want to buy, you know, use the uh, the tax return for what we're setting it up for. Um, I believe in passive income through real estate. I mentioned that before. I, mm-hmm. I created a membership group where um, it's, it's a hand-holding process in a sense, but what is out in our community right now is a lot of education about flips and, you know, buying properties and all this, but people still don't do it. It's not action taking. So you're left with all this knowledge, but still not action taking. Mm -hmm. So I said, members of my community, you know, clients of mine, I'm like, enough of the learning. Let's take action. What can I do to help you? The tax return supporting you. You learned this, you learned that. And so I've put together groups in different states that allow us to purchase properties. And so what that does is properties that cost us, you know, $100,000. And so a down payment on $100,000 is so much more affordable than it is in California coming up with a $200,000 down payment. Yeah. And I share my story. I bought my first because I wanted to know how this works. I wanted to follow that custodians, um, you know, my client who was a custodian. Um, he, well, how was he doing it? Well, unfortunately, I'm not in those times where I could do it because not everything, everything's not foreclosing and if properties are have gone through the roof, but I still wanted to do it. So I started to do it out of state. My first property was in, Cle- in, it's, um, in Cleveland, Ohio. $70,000 for that property. My down payment was $17,000. Nice. Doable, right. And so that's what I started to tell my clients. I'm like, look, this is doable. So before you know it, 20, 30 of my clients are like, we want to buy a property and we want to buy a property because I have that many. And so people started buying them. And so now we created a community where we get to share, um, you know, other places that we they're buying, we're buying. And um, it's kind of cool to watch the like we're playing like Monopoly, you know, the game where we're exchanging one house for a bigger house or a, an apartment complex. And it's fun. It's fun to be able to say, I'm generating passive income and I'm learning how to make it tax free. And um, they're participating in everything that I tell them is doable and they're actually doing it. And that to me is a huge success. I love the idea of, you know, we're, we're not just learning and getting the knowledge, but we're actually doing it and we're doing it, especially I'm sure so many of them for the first time. Right. Doing it is kind of scary 
So doing it in a safe manner with a group of people, we're all analyzing it. We're all working together. And if we, if something happens, the world turns upside down and it doesn't pan out, we're not out our life savings and ending up in that situation that you talked about with the people making $300,000 or $500,000 and having to foreclose and having to repossess and all that stuff because they overextended themselves. That is true. And that's what I've noticed that has made a huge difference in what I bring to the table is that I share these this knowledge, right? I share these stories because we all have a different a different story and we all have different goals. Mm-hmm. But what I do notice among all the clients is they never thought they could do it. They never thought that this was out there. They didn't know how or that it even existed. And so by me sharing and telling you that so-and-so can do it making this or this other person making this much money is in, and you find a place where you relate, right? And all of a sudden they're like, well, if they can do it, I could do it, right? And so it's made a lot of people um, start to understand how to play in the game. There's risk involved in everything we do, sure. absolutely everything we do, right? But what I tell my clients is like you said, a $17,000 investment is a lot less than spending $200,000 on your first rental here in California. And so, so they seem to be able to swallow that a little bit better. Yeah, a little bit better for sure. I'd love to hear one of your, if you can, like top of mind, favorite stories of seeing that transformation and seeing somebody really, even if they weren't not successful before, but even just like kind of a mindset open. Do you have any, any stories you'd let, you could share with us? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's many of them, um, you know, some that come to mind because a lot of them share this, the same, the same things is like I said, not thinking that they could do it, but when the, when the, when the rules click in your head, all of a sudden you're a powerhouse. And what I mean by that is imagine if you come in and you didn't know that, you know, you could do something like this and you only make a hundred thousand dollars a year, let's say. Uh, but you're like, I live paycheck to paycheck. And I'm like, you do. But what if we start to tweak this and tweak that? And so all of a sudden they save a little money to get this property, right? This property cash flows in, for example, my case in Ohio, it cash flows a couple hundred dollars a month. Well, guess what? I'm not going to get rich off of that, right? Mm-hmm. But guess what? I don't need those $300 a month. So then I turn around and I put that in another sort of investment of a vehicle. I can open a brokerage account, a life insurance policy, you know, save it for another deposit of another property. So all of a sudden you start to see that you're not just growing one asset, but you're growing two assets. Mm. And then you're like, wait a minute, that didn't take much effort, you know? So can I do it again? Yes, you could do it again. And then I'm like, now let me show you how you can make it tax-free. And so now I show them how depreciation works and how we can create a really cool scenario. And now that money Uncle Sam doesn't touch. And they're like, so I get to keep all this? I'm like, yes, you get to keep all this. And so now they're like, well, if I keep doing this, I think I can retire at least five years early. And I'm like, guess what? That's another thing that we could throw in the mix. So just realizing, I mean, helping clients realize that there's so much we could do, so much opportunity Mm -hmm. that can be opened up just by having somebody on your side that can share or can help you and handhold you through this process is, you know, to me, I mean, that, that's, that makes me feel so satisfied, so happy that I can help these individuals just see a bigger picture, think outside the box, um, and then make it make it become a reality. I have a lot of clients that want to retire early because they see it now. As before, it was like, I'm never going to be able to retire early. Guess what? You can. 
let's uh, talk a little bit about that, about how it makes you feel when you get to this. And I'm going to bring it all the way back to what where we started, who, uh, you know, the people that kind of guided you or pushed you or forced you into this type of thinking, <laughs> your parents. Right. So how has this through the years, obviously as a teenager going through high school and junior high, you, you're preparing taxes, but obviously your knowledge over the last 20 years has gotten so much deeper. Um, how, how have you been able to bless the lives of your parents and family members because of this? I mean, that has been so rewarding. It's been beautiful to be able to, um, you know, help my parents in, in, in so many ways. The business is not just mine. It's my sisters and I, we run, we run the business. Wow. That's awesome. You know, so it's, it's very family oriented type of a business. Right. But there's there's pros and cons to the upbringing that we have right we've got a there was a lot of work that i had to do uh, a personal inner work to be able to uh, you know work through some of those limiting beliefs yeah did we have limiting beliefs you know break through some of those barriers that's on such a personal level that has nothing to do with my business but yet everything to do with my business um i went into a coaching program wanting to learn sales wanting to learn how to become a better you know business owner and they took me back to my childhood days and and, and going through all those limiting beliefs um which was pretty bizarre um but i'm very grateful for my upbringing but you have to learn to also look at the cons of it. The fact that we grew up poor with limited money and my dad always telling us that we didn't have money. And mm -hmm. now telling my dad, we have money, we could do this, uh, taking him out to nice places and him telling us like, you know, we shouldn't be wasting money like this. I'm like, dad, it's not wasting money. It's being able to enjoy the fruit of our hard labor because we work hard. We do a lot. It's an investment in our relationship together. Exactly. Yeah. But again, it's, uh, you know, so you're constantly looking at, um, you know, how what I call it is a stopping and smelling the roses, right? Mm -hmm. You have to stop and pat yourself on the back for all the good things that you've done, for all of the accomplishments that you have, uh, you know, done up to this point. And what is it that you're trying to do to moving forward? Um, but in the beginning, it was uh, it was difficult. I believe that I had to help everybody and it was so hard. I was working myself to death pretty much. Um, and then I had to realize that, you know what, I, I I can try to help everybody, but not everybody wants to be helped. Yeah, it's not the hardest, right? Oh it's, gosh. It's like, here it is, <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> like just just take this, drink this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, so I I went through the same type of process years and years ago um when it came to money and I realized because I would get so frustrated about how my wife and I and, and especially when I was first starting my career, you know, I'd get a client and I'd make money and then I'd spend all the money. And I'd yep. make money and I'd spend all the money. And this is a roller coaster of entrepreneurial money uh, making. And then I started doing some of this work, right? That you were talking about looking at what are my, what are my money blueprints? Why do I have these habits that show up? And I came to realize that when my parents divorced, my parents divorced when I was eight years old, my dad understood how to, how to game the system when it came to child support. Mm -hmm. And so he wouldn't pay for two months, knowing that if he didn't pay for a third month, he would get his wages garnished. Uh -huh. So he would not pay for two months and then suddenly pay on the third month. So we would go two months with nothing, nothing, wow. nothing. And then third month, oh, we have money. And what do we do? We'd go out and spend it right away. Two months, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I went, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm creating the same habit 
that my parents that I did with my parents and I'm doing it now in my own family. And it's, it's a very interesting thing to look at yourself that way. When you were going through that process yourself, can you think of one of the biggest kind of like habitual things that popped up for you? That was an actual, even a a mindset versus uh, our mindset or an actual physical thing you did. Gosh, there was, there was many, um, I I encourage anybody and everybody that could do some self-work, some really deep, good self-work to just do it. It changes everything around you. Um, And it was it it was hard to believe when I first um, my business is only about five years old when I branched out to do my own business just because. I found every CPA firm that I went to was uh, stuck in that volume based and I wanted to make a difference in my clients' lives. So I had to open up my business in order to to make that difference, right? Um, But in the beginning, when my coach would tell me that, you know, my personal life drives my business, I was like, there's no way. Like, I'm so put together in my business, even if my home is crazy, you know, um, and I have a toxic marriage, it doesn't matter. Like, my business is the one place I could say that I'm strong. Man, did that slap me in the face. <laughs> wow. You know, I did not know how much my at-home life was really impacting my business. It's all connected, right? It's all connected. So that to me was huge, especially because I thought the coach tooth and nail about it. There's no way. I just I just didn't see the relation. So, hey, I'm so glad you said that because when I started in this podcast, the original iteration iteration of the podcast is mostly around uh, doctors, professionals, orthodontists, dentists, chiropractors. And I can't tell you how many times I have made that argument with people of saying, listen, you can't be the best doctor owner of your business if you've got so much stuff going on in your marriage. And people are like, no, no, no. When I go to work, that's where I get to focus. That's my 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 focus time. And it's totally different. And like, I'm telling you, it all bleeds over. Because yeah. if you're if you had an argument with your spouse in the morning and you're upset and you think you can just walk that off and walk into office and that's not going to affect your attitude, your personality, your temperament all day long. Yeah. You're you're not in living in reality. So yeah. I'm so glad you pointed that out. I think I think there's even a better version of ourselves that we could be and we just didn't we didn't realize that until you start to fix what's going on at home. Yeah. Or in your personal life, right? Cuz it doesn't even have to be, you know, maybe you're not even married or whatever, but there's Maybe it's just about yourself and your own self-image. Yourself. Yeah. It's, Yep. All of that stuff, you know, and um, for me, there was a lot of awakening moments um, that my childhood uh, brought into, Um, you know, I had to realize that even though I am who I am today because of my upbringing, it also made, you know, I did, I wasn't a regular child. I didn't have certain things that I wish I would have had, you know, so it's not that I regret it, but it's stuff that you do have to realize that um, also plays an impact, you know. And not let it uh, recognize it, own it, and not let it negatively move forward with you. Like being able to like, okay, that was it. I joke often about my parents' divorce. I'm like, I made a ton of money off my parents' divorce because they taught me what not to do in marriage, right? Uh, you know, so yeah, you have to be able to move forward with that. So if we were to look at four things that I got out of this so far, we've got the awareness of what's going on in your money, realizing uh, what you have as the purchasing power as a W-2 employee. I really appreciate that. You know, I think we mostly serve, most of our audience are going to be your entrepreneurs, 
But I really appreciate that you talked about the power that you have, the purchasing power you have as a W-2 employee. I think oftentimes, and I'll, I'll admit I'm kind of a victim of this. Sometimes I think, oh man, you're, you're just, just a W-2 employee not thinking, wow, there is power behind that because you can prove that income and you can be smart about it. And then the fourth one I have here was not actually planning mm-hmm. and not actually planning for what you want. And the last one was understanding your habits or your blueprint that we all have. This you got it. So good. That. So good. Wow. I'm so grateful that you were able to share with us this idea. You have a you have a podcast too for people who are listening, want to hear more of it. You have a podcast uh called Tax Talk. Is that correct? Hey, hey, yes. That podcast, it was supposed to be more about taxes, but it really ended up being about mindset. You know? Oh, good. Um, I started to realize about a lot of the business owners, a lot of the clients that I have, like I said, it doesn't matter, W2 earners or just self-employed, our mindset is 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 just plays such a huge role. Um, and so that's what it ended up turning. We do talk a little about tax. I will bring up some things, but um to me, mindset was just huge you know, if we can shift that, we can shift anything. What's your favorite thing that you've been able to do with money for someone else or for yourself? Like, is there something that sticks out? You're like, wow, I'm so glad I was able to do that. Um, You know, one thing that I read in a, a book called We Should All Be Millionaires um, is the fact that you know, when we're, when some, we hear that money is the root of all evil, right? Mm-hmm. Here, there's a lot of taboo around money. Mm-hmm. But if you really learn how to uh, make good with money, you can help and make, be more impactful when you have resources like money. Um, you could turn, turn around and give back and um, to whatever makes you feel happy, right? It could be donating, it could be helping an organization, it could be, you know, anything that makes you, you know, happy. And in in reality is turning that and, and making it where money is a resource that if if we know how to utilize it can make a huge difference. Um, I see it in my family every day. I see it in, you know, helping back and helping being able to help my parents, being able to help, you know, our entire family with it. Uh, but when you give back and you feel good, uh, when you when you do what makes your heart happy, money is not bad. Money is the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Wow. So, hey, thank you so much for the amazing information you gave us. Besides the podcast, where else can people reach out and connect with you? Um, so we're very active on, on all social medias. Um, Instagram is prominence.services. Um, you can find us on uh, our webpage, which is prominencebusiness.com. And yeah, I'm excited for 2024 and, you know, spreading our message even out to more and more people out there. So. We want to shift all of that mindset. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I think following you and getting information from you is a great way to do that for our listeners. And for everybody uh, that didn't hear that, it's prominence.service and uh, being able to connect with them that way. Now, we always end our show with four specific questions I ask every guest. It's just random off the top of your head based upon what I ask you. Are you willing to play? I'm willing to play. <laughs> All right. Well, it's based on your the role, R-O-L-E idea of owning your role. And the first question is, what do you feel is your highest and greatest responsibility on earth? Oh, wow. I'm going to say being a mom. 
I think that's where it starts. I think that when we are parents, we have a responsibility to teach our kids something different. Just like my parents taught me there was a better life and I want to teach my my, my kids that there's better out there for them. And I see it when I change my mindset, OMG, the kids <laughs> change theirs. It was amazing to see them become these little positive kids themselves. And I'm like, gosh, those are those my kids? <laughs> That's beautiful. That's awesome. What do you want as the ultimate outcome for your life? I want to be able to, and this has been uh, a goal of mine for maybe about a year or so that I discovered that I can work smarter and not harder, that I can help many uh, without driving myself to the ground. That's been a huge realization. I, you know, I have a mission and I want to be able to spread this, but I don't necessarily have to, you know, like I said, kill myself on the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We don't want that because then we won't have you to spread it. (laughs) Uh, the next question is, what do you consider true leadership to be? Somebody that's a little more uh, understanding and flexible. Um, we all have our story. We all have our journey. And so even though I wish people would do certain things, we have to understand that there's a reason that they can't see even um, you know, what they're capable of. Or being a, as a leader, you have to be able to understand that everybody has different walks of life and we just have to you know, walk alongside the, alongside with them and help Mm. them as much as we can. Love that. Lastly, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, uh, every single one of us will have our last day on this earth Mm -hmm. between now and dead. What experience do you hope to have or want to have? Wow. Definitely. Just, I want to be able to say that I lived my life to the fullest, you know, regret is one thing that, you know, is it's, it's tough. And I don't want to die with regret. I want to be able to say I've done and accomplished um, everything that, you know, I wanted to, or said I would do. It's, it's sometimes it feels hard, but I believe that if every day we just do a little bit towards it, then you're going to be like, Hey, I had only time to do this, but I did it. Yeah. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Well, Suhey Peda, I am so grateful that you were here today and sharing with us uh, your wisdom and your knowledge. I know there's so many great notes that were taken and so many great ahas that were given. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. No, thank you so much for having me. And anything that you put out there has such great value. So I enjoy listening to your podcast. Definitely will share it with my clients as just another piece to add to their knowledge. Oh, thank you so much. Well, everyone, again, thank you for being a part of our audience and being part of our ripple effect that we're trying to put out there every single day. The information you got today, whether you use it for yourself or you share it with someone else to let them know they can do more with their money and have more with their money. Even if you took the simple idea of talking to your accountant or CPA or whatever and say, hey, I need a tax strategist. I need a planner, not necessarily a historian. I need someone who can help me look into the future and help me have a better one for myself, my family, my friends. And if you did that alone, you will have uh, gotten more value than you could possibly ask for out of this podcast. So thank you for being here, everybody. And remember to subscribe and like it, share it with your friends and families, and we will see you on the next episode of Own Your Role podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Own Your Role podcast. 
make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're alerted for every new episode we release. And don't forget to write us a review and let us know how we're doing. You can also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the social medias. Just search at Dino Watt. And if you'd like me to come and help your team or audience learn to own their role in person, make sure you go to DinoWatt.com for more details. I'll see you on the next episode.